Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, John Doe's back with us. Howdy, howdy. How you been? Good, man. How you feeling? You feeling uh, good? Feel good. Feel good. Uh, so I got that uh, Kung Flu Roro shot, whatever you want to call it, a few weeks back. So I'm feeling froggy. Feel like I can uh, still avoid people. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going out. Like <laughs> I, I see a few people, same people, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still staying at home, washing my hands. You know, same thing I said, I think. Christmas of last year. So you got you? you got the first shot. Uh, so I got the Johnson Johnson and Jansen. Oh, you got the yeah. So I got that in two days after. They're like, by the way, people are dying. I was like, well, great, thanks, guys. So nothing. I appreciate the hell out of that. Nothing happened with you. No, um, specifically speaking, I believe you have a higher risk of blood clots with birth control, and I don't take that. So. Interesting. I figured I was good to go. So did you even get any other symptoms, though, as far as fatigue or chills? Oh, from- oh yeah. It's like uh, when you take a flu shot sometimes, a couple about 14 hours later, I felt like I just had a pretty decent flu. Felt like garbage uh, from about Sunday to Monday. And after Monday, I was like, all right, I'm back in the game. Okay. So that that's pretty typical, though, just like you said. Yeah. My, my brother got the second Moderna. A day or two ago, and it just fatigued the shit out of him. Like he couldn't, he didn't want to get out of bed. Dang. But that was it. That was it. He just said he was just felt he had no energy. Nah. 
yeah, I was I was just laid back in the chair like. <laughs> so did did you uh, did you tell us before? Did you ever get the Rona though? No, nah, never never got it. I uh, wore wore a mask, washed my hands again. It's uh, I think the application of soap and water to the dos manos has been keeping a lot of people from getting sick. That was something you know years ago when I was talking to people who I'm familiar with in the medical industry as well as just like my own doctors is like how do you guys like during flu season not get sick and they weren't wearing masks at the time especially you know before we were really overly involved in respiratory illness uh, but they were still you know flu somebody coughs common cold i was like what what do you guys do i was like you don't i don't see anything on your faces at the time and this was you know probably like late 90s early 2000s and they're like we just wash our hands hmm. so i keep them washed man so that far, works. So good. Well, speaking of the flu, I mean, obviously the vid is what was the big news this year. But that was flu numbers down during flu season. Uh, Do you know anything about this? Uh, what is it? A uh, I think there's a conservative joke running around now, <clears> where um, thank God nobody died of the flu. <laughs> flu numbers are at zero, and you just you don't hear any reporting on it. I haven't been able to find decent information online. Uh, you know, using my Google Foo to say like how many people have died of the normal flu strains this year, because typically we'll have in, you know, several thousand flu deaths. Again, it's the same thing as uh, COVID people who are at risk, they get sick, there's complications. And all of a sudden it's like, well, what they die of? It's, well, you know, it's the stress on the heart caused by the flu. And, you know, now COVID it's like, well, stress on the heart caused by COVID. And That's interesting. But I haven't haven't really seen anything come out because all the numbers are COVID. COVID. Yeah, like the flu has almost been forgotten about this year. But right. but it is kind of interesting. I do wonder if the flu if there there had to be some people who still got the flu because you know I mean it's just every year it happens. But I just wonder what the numbers are in comparison to previous right. years. I don't know. And then you wonder if the social distancing and maybe because more people are wearing masks and like you said washing hands, the flu just kind of became non-existent almost. Almost. I mean, we'll we'll see. I think again, you know, people kind of hanging back, washing their hands. I mean, wash your filthy fucking hands, people. Like, come on. Then like, they, yeah. was, then they used to do stuff. <laughs> numbers about uh, the amount of people who say they wash their hands versus that don't, and you know, actually, when they walk out of the bathroom, they don't wash their hands or anything. Oh, yeah, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. You ever been to a bar at late night, maybe in downtown Radford, is the as a young single man, <laughs> everybody is like walking in and out of that thing, holding all pieces and parts. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll wash my hands. I'm like, you didn't even get near the sink, bro. Didn't even come yeah, near. Yeah, it's like, like you just splash some water on them and just rolled. Even yeah. if you did that. It's like, here, take, take another shot. You'll be all right. There was a movie. I think it was, I don't know if it was a long game. It was Ben Stiller was in it. I can't remember if it was a long, a long game. Polly. I don't I, that I know that was one, but I'm not sure if that's the one I'm thinking of. But anyway, he was talking about how, or no, maybe it's the Heartbreak Kid. Anyway, I don't remember. But he was talking about the nuts, or uh, you yeah, know, bowls of nuts at the bar. Okay, it. talking yeah. about how uh, there is so much germs and stuff in those just one little container of nuts that you're almost touching like the whole city of New York. Yep. Yeah. So. So it's it's things like that, and they. I wish I would have used that story in terms of telling people about social distancing. Because it's, you know, the more people you see, the more people they see, that's how these things happen. And they start spreading and 
we didn't do a good job of communicating how to social distance responsibly. We just told people like, Hey, stay at home and, you know, shut the fuck up and, and don't live your life. And, you know, people are pushing back on that. They're like, what about my friends and family? What about the people that I spend time with? What about the things that bring richness and joy into my life that keep me mentally sane? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we just didn't know how to address it. And we're here. We're here yeah. now. Well, it's like you said, I mean, I guess politicians and big elective officials never really knew how to handle the situation. So their first thought was just lock down, put everybody inside, which is almost one of the worst things you can do as far as your immune system. Because um, it's not, you know, working, obviously. You're staying indoors. You're not getting vitamin D, which was also one of the big factors. And patients who had COVID in hospitals, they I forgot the percentage of it, but they had a lack of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that's one thing I started, you know, found that information. I was started, I think I started taking 3000 IUs a day of vitamin D. Just to make sure I was getting enough. Good. Yeah. This is a, uh, a healthy adult male over the, uh, the age of 30. I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, every time I hear that big three O and coming up on the four O, I'm just, all right, taking my vitamins and my B12, you know, vitamin D three, yeah. but, uh, you know, making sure that you're staying healthy was, and it is, you know, should be the focus of what people are doing now, but they're just not, uh, I think people are just exhausted from, uh, what was it? We had our year celebration two and a half months ago, 14 days to uh, flatten the curve. Yeah. And we're better here. Uh, places like India, though, I just went and uh, saw a buddy of mine recently and got to talk to some of his family. It was in India and uh, they're blowing back up because they've had a roller coaster of a time and you mean the cases oh, uh, of Corona is blown yeah, back up? COVID, oh, COVID is wretched in other countries, especially India right now. Was that because it's mutated or – I've heard that and it seems like there was something else in Brazil that I heard that it's gotten even worse in there. And I, I'm not – don't – you know, fact you could fact check me on that, but I'm not – I've heard that somewhere. So six months ago, we had the uh, – ish, six months-ish, we had the new strains – there was supposed to be in South Africa, and there was a little bit, I want to say, in like uh, some European country, and supposedly it already landed stateside, but we haven't heard anything about that. So I don't know if it was a different strain, people just reporting incorrectly, but all we know for sure is that the amount of COVID deaths in other countries, and I'm going to use India as an example because I'm familiar with that, has skyrocketed in the last bit, and they've been high um i mean their their deaths have been higher than the u.s but their percentage wise was also uh down they did a very good job initially of they would quarantine an entire block for 14 days and say okay one of you guys caught covid everybody's staying in we'll bring food and stuff to you and make sure that everybody's like okay for two weeks and then reintroduce you but what has happened is now that there's this resurgence there's too many people have it and they don't know what to do in order to really quarantine the area. So they're having issues and they're trying to get the vaccine. You know, I was telling a buddy of mine, we, we live in a first world country when we can pick and choose what style and type of vaccine we want based on our personal beliefs and feelings, as opposed to being lined up in uh, you know cattle cart style and somebody sticking us with a needle. Like what's this for? It's like, it's for your health. Yeah. Do you think it's odd that 
within, all right, so how, how do I want to word this? Okay, so a year to less than a year that we automatically had a vaccine for this coronavirus. And and I know with technology and everything, yeah, we can fast track some stuff right now. But, you know, when you look at other diseases, how they've just been continuing to hurt humanity over the years, and we still haven't found cures or vaccines or just anything in general for that. But for the coronavirus, which I know they're, I guess it's more common, but yeah, and like all of a sudden a year, yeah, we found, we figured it out. Here's a vaccine. We got one. Well, does that make sense? Uh, it does. And it's the, what is it? Uh, good work for cheap isn't fast. Fast work that's good isn't cheap. And cheap work that's fast isn't good. And what you've seen is all of the, you know, first, second, and sometimes third world countries have really pulled together and like, shit, this is a problem. And you're talking about billions upon billions of dollars have been focused into saying like, Hey, cut the red tape, expedite this, grow cultures, test compounds, push things through as quickly as possible you know, there, there's not this, oh, we're going to sit around on a docket for 30 to 90 days in somebody's uh, you know, desk to say, oh, we think that this is a good thing. Uh, we need funding to move forward kind of shit. Like this is, uh, you know, hot potato, somebody on top of it saying like, okay, here's a lab result. What's the next definition? Working 24 hours around the clock for everything <clears throat> from development to third-party peer review and it, it has been truly a global uh, crusade against this virus. And I think that's the difference is that, uh, you know, you want it done quickly. Well, we spent, you know, just the U.S. alone. Um, uh, actually, I'm going to Google that. How much money did we spend on COVID research? That would be a very interesting number to know. Within a year, we pulled together... Uh, I wonder if that's going to include stimulus checks. Now, I guess that really wouldn't go towards research. So, but yeah, it's weird. You know, we could just make up new stimulus plans. I make them up, I guess. But you know, all of a sudden, we have trillion dollar stimulus plans to throw out there. Okay, so uh, let's see here on Data Lab US Spending.gov, and you know me, I'll uh, send you a link. Yeah, yeah everybody we'll can check that out. Ninety percent of the 2.59 trillion in COVID funding was appropriated to four agencies, Department of Treasury, Department of Health and Human Services, and then it cuts out, so I'll click on that. And it's like, how do federal dollars move to the American people? And it's like, they don't move very quickly. But that might be also a false positive by Google. This is looking more and more like uh, the new loan that's coming out, so. I'll do another deep dive, but I'll still share this uh, link. Yeah, that's fine. It's always, always good to know how the government's spending your hard-earned dollars. Because remember, <laughs> without you, the government has no money. True. What do you? What the new loan? What did you mean by that? I, I don't think I've heard about this. That's coming oh, out. It's new stimulus. Uh, so everybody getting them stimmy checks. So they're going. And, they're going to do another stimulus check. Oh yeah. What's? Uh, I didn't. I didn't. What, I haven't heard about this. What month is it? There's a new stimulus. Every time a stimulus gets passed or failed, there's a new one coming up. Wow. Some, some multi-trillion dollar bill because, let's face it, we, we don't comprehend money as people anymore. We're just like, eh, it's $2 trillion, it's less than six. Yeah, we can just make that money up. We'll put a number down on a bank account, no big deal. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is it? Somebody put Monopoly money out and the U.S. currency 
And it used to all be like a nice green with a shade of white. Now you have like hundreds are a blue and you know, we're kind of <laughs> trying to get fancy colors. It's like, mm. Just jazzing up money, making it look cool. We print it out and people still take it when I go buy bread. So, Do you or, think big, you know, cryptocurrency is going to be the new – um, the new so, dollar for Americans or, I guess, humans? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of years. I think that people who are very much excited at the idea that I can make money and not have to give either an entire large portion or even a small portion of their tax dollars to a government that they may or may not feel that it's spending it correctly, mm-hmm. that they're going to say, okay, because ultimately nobody cares about how much money they're putting toward their taxes. <laughs> not saying, oh, you know, I want to spend, you know, 30% on my taxes to go to X, Y, and Z uh, government hey, policy stop. making. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. It's all right. I think it's a dog. I hope it's a dog. Yeah. They're uh, growling each other. Yeah. So, you know, being able to get more of your quote dollar back if uh, cryptocurrencies are starting to move in the direction of people will pay you for your services, it's no different than any other dollar exchange medium. The the key importance being that it's not federally backed by any government. So it's it's an interesting time. Uh, we don't have the regulations on them yet. Because governments are still seeing people buy cryptocurrency and exchanging it for uh, traditional government money. So, if you're talking about the, you know, the yen, yuan, uh, the Australian USD, which is weird, but uh, also the American dollar, we're still converting it back and forth. Hmm. So governments aren't seeing it as a a big deal. Okay. Uh, Tesla, Tesla, I think uh, a couple months ago maybe up to a year so that you can start buying a Tesla with Bitcoin. They did. This is when it was down to 40, 40K. Yeah, they bought, a, they bought billions of Bitcoin, I thought. Uh, I don't know if they bought billions of or billions in, but they have a okay, lot of Okay, maybe that – okay, there you go. Maybe that's what I meant to say, billions but in. But they're – So that you could buy a Tesla through with via Bitcoin, yeah. Right, and get the piece of it back, so – Ultimately, money is just the holding of value for exchange goods and services. You say, here is my labor or my idea, and I'm going to charge you X amount of, uh, we'll call them Wu-Tangs. I will charge you 100 Wu-Tangs for a day's worth of work. Hmm. And then you go to the grocery store and you buy you know, your bread, your milk, your protein powder. And it's like, well, how much is that? It's like, well, that's... 35 Wu-Tangs. Yeah. Well, you take uh, the rest of your 65 Wu-Tangs and you're like, I'm going to go get beer with my Wu-Tang. I'm going to go get some gas with my Wu-Tang. I'm going to pay some bills with my Wu-Tang. But it doesn't matter what currency name you have as long as you're making the money and then you're able to exchange it for what you want. There in itself creates value. It's just a designation to the barter system. And countries have done this for a premium for hundreds upon hundreds of years. It's what taxes are. They basically say, we're going to make sure that your Wu-Tangs are worth what you think your Wu-Tangs should be worth. Mm-hmm. Well, with the inflation of the dollar, especially in the U.S., that 
people are just like, I don't think that my dollar's worth anything. And when we shifted from a currency or from a dollar to a gold back dollar and 72 to a currency, now it's like, well, what, what is my money actually worth? And you get a company like Tesla saying, well, we'll accept an alternative form of currency that people right now can still go out and purchase a high-end gaming rig mm-hmm. and can mine for currency, everything from Dogecoin to Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, several others. If you can get this and then trade it for a good, then why bother having the U.S. dollar? Why bother having the euro? Because if you're exchanging it, it's just a placeholder for what you want anyways. So depending on how countries start setting up a either a tax or a penalty system or just outright say you can't have it, yeah. we'll determine how that goes. And the people will either say, yeah, you're right, sorry, or they'll say, eh, fuck off. This is how we trade money now, and you're not getting a piece of the pie. Sorry, boss. Yeah. Have you ever mined for Bitcoin or any of those? Not yet. I know several people that do. Yeah. And it was good back in the day because every time – and uh, I've done a little bit of research – not enough to make myself anything other than a qualified idiot. But every <laughs> time there's a hash created and it's a it's a problem that must be solved by computers. And then once that problem is solved, you mine a coin. Well, when you mine that coin, it creates a hash and then you have a more difficult problem to solve. So if the you know, initial stage of a Bitcoin or any sort of uh, digital currency, it's really easy to solve the problem. It's like two plus two, then two plus two plus two. And again, this isn't exact, but I'm giving you an example. Yeah. Two plus two plus two, well then two plus two plus two plus two. And then if one person's solving it, it's like, okay, it's pretty good, pretty easy. And you're solving one or two problems a day. Well, all of a sudden five people are solving it. And the first couple of days, you know, they're solving 20, 30, but they keep getting harder. So now, you know, 30, 50 people are trying to solve it and they're still solving, you know, 10 or 20, but then the problems are getting harder. And that's like, okay, we have 500 people that are solving it and we're getting, you know, 10 problems solved a day. But then in a few days and, excuse me, I can, uh, I'll try to find it. There's some really good examples online of what it is to look up Bitcoin um, difficulties and basically it's a chart and then all of a sudden there's a and it'll start going higher as far as the difficulty to solve the problem which is the way you would create another coin mm-hmm. of that type so at a certain point you're needing to have hundreds of thousands of computers simultaneously linked to work on solving the problem which is how people will solve or mine portions of a coin okay and, you know, the harder it becomes and the fewer of these coins that are available in uh, any circulation, it's actually the inverse of what we do as the dollar. So the dollar, what we do is we'll, you know, we'll just print more money, not a problem. And then the cost goes down because it's like, well, you know, I used to be able to buy bread for $3, but everybody's got so many dollars it's going to be five dollars because i need to adjust for that inflation whereas cryptocurrency once it starts getting so difficult to mine that's kind of it 
there's so few of them that are coming into production. Now you see, uh, I'll actually look it up. We'll use uh, that that filthy app known as Robinhood <laughs> and just see right now what Bitcoin is worth. I thought it was mid-50s last time I looked. Yeah, 56. It was at uh, 64K a couple weeks ago. Yeah. 56 right now. 50, uh, 56, 6, 23, 22, somewhere in there. Okay. So, you know, people are either going to say, yeah, I think that this is valuable and I want it, or they're going to be like, I, I don't care. It's too hard to get and I'm not able to trade for it. So it's a, it's a complex question. Uh, that the government is considering to weigh in on, but with COVID and everything else, they're just, you know, it's it's a secondary. Yeah, they put it on the back burner. Well, yeah. there's some research I've read that one Bitcoin, maybe by the end of the summer or end of this year, I can't remember exactly, would be worth six figures. And you like you just maybe. said, like it's going to double in value by the end of this year. So I know a lot of stock people are always trading it and uh, investing in it and. You're not, you know, Bitcoin, like you said, Litecoin, and other. I forgot the other one. Doge. Doge, Doge is a big, is yeah. Big Doge one. is big time right now too. Um, Especially where so, it went up like a while, a couple of weeks ago too. It got almost fifty cents or something. People became millionaires. Yeah. So the the crazy thing about that is that um, even about a month, I think it's like a month and a week ago, uh, we were talking about it and uh, put some money on Dogecoin. It was worth five. It was worth basically half of a cent mm-hmm. or less. I'm trying to remember uh, how little it was worth. Like you could buy a thousand of them for five bucks, maybe yeah. 50 cents or something. Well, it moved two decimal points to the right. Hmm. So, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but somebody drops $10,000. All of a sudden that's a million bucks. Easy. And uh, there's actually a meme about that. Someone said that, yeah, this guy dropped 500K into oil and lost everything. And some dude dropped, you know, a couple grand on Dogecoin, now a millionaire. Oh, like, I've seen that. true stocks. Yeah. But that's all stocks is, is gambling. You think that, hey, I think this is going to be worth this toward the future. And boom, there we are. Yeah. Uh, I've been dabbling a bit more in that, trying to get more research in that, trying to look at day trading and crypto trading more, but I dabble in Bitcoin, but I mean, I'm not every day in here trying to sell it and buy it back, resell it and do the whole buy, what, buy, buy low, sell high thing. But it is interesting though to me right now. Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people find it attractive because you can, you know, take the money that you have that you may not be spending going out and, and interacting with restaurants, with bars, with, uh, any sort of service provider, movie theaters, mm-hmm. unless you're investing in movie theaters, that's different. AMC, baby. <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> and, it, you know, buying video games, the GME stock, all of this stuff. And I think we touched a little bit on that on the episode or two ago. We probably have. But it's the idea that you can take some of this money and just like kind of play with it has not been available to a lot of people from a focus standpoint, you know, you always had your day traders that did it as a job mm-hmm. and they were again, buy low, sell high. That's the whole point of any ultimately like to boil it down and really, really dumb it down. It's what you want to do. You want to buy something for less than what you can sell it for to someone else, sure. whether it's uh, a good, a service, that's how you make money. And day trading is nothing else. It's uh, taking something that you're like, okay, it's going to be worth more. 
you buy it and you're like, Hey, I'll hold on to it. It's going to be worth more later. Boom. Yeah. And it's just so easy to do now almost just because if you have a laptop, a phone, an iPad or anything in general, you can day trade. It's like you just said, you download Robinhood or uh, any other brokerage app in there and boom, you're trading. Yep. Uh, there's uh, let's see, Fidelity, which was traditionally more of the you give us your money and we'll hold on to it for you. Now they're like, oh, we'll do your free trades and stuff. And uh, Robinhood, of course, their whole platform was come and trade with us for free. Now, they make their money off of selling your data, saying like, you know, when are you logging in? When are you looking at this? Um, what on your phone are resources? Like, so the whole Wall Street bets, um, people who are using the Robinhood app to invest, Robinhood's like, what in the shit? Mm-hmm. And whenever you agree to the terms and conditions that I'm sure you, like everyone else, well, self-included, have read thoroughly <laughs> on, uh-huh. you know, however mm-hmm. many pages, you know, they have access to what you've been looking at, uh, where you've been going. So it's like, oh, they opened up Chrome and they went to Wall Street Bets. And 30 seconds after that, they jumped on Robinhood mm-hmm. and they bought 500 Dogecoins. And that's what led them into going to, I think, uh, Wall Street Bets is now required reading, at least uh, in some parts of Wall Street itself, whereas it was a uh, entirely joke platform. Yeah. Some people were, you know, a few hundred K were less like, hey, you know, we'll, uh, we'll look at this and make some funny stuff. And they're like, let's invest in uh, GameStop. It's like, why? It's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's see if we can, you know, make some moves. And it, it has just really blown up with the ability of people who have easy access to this. Mm-hmm. So, these are fun times, man. Yeah, and it's, you know, like you said, that they're watching these Reddit forums of Wall Street Bids, and when I say they, I guess these big-time brokerages accounts or companies, and that if, a co- you know, they start trying to pump another stock, you know, I guess I don't know what the rules are, if they can try to halt it or um, get in on yeah. it before the, you know, a GameStop stock that's uh, – Three dollars a share go up to four hundred and some dollars a share before it happens again, and yeah. yeah, and then you know they're using Twitter and all these other via social media things that if day traders or whoever actually make a good money and they say, hey, we want to pump stock, whatever, yeah, and right. Everyone start buying it up, and these other guys are getting into it. Yeah, so yeah, I, it's crazy. Yeah, people are finally realizing that the information they've been given away for free, they can actually leverage and start using themselves and yeah. that's a powerful tool well we'll see how people come out of this as far as regulations because when the gamestop thing happened the wall street took a four billion dollar bath mm-hmm. and wall street wasn't happy people were like you know flooding the market with trying to buy and they're like oh no we can't do this and they they're short selling i mean that that could be an entire conversation itself but it really kind of pressed people to go wtf over yeah. I mean, you know, people found out they could easily make money, like you said, with that meme, investing a few thousand yeah. dollars in Dogecoin. And people were, you know, they say there's a, a lot of actively new traders now just because when I say they, I guess I'm the research I've read. I always hate when I say they. But um, people, are, yeah, they say, well, who's they? Who the fuck is they? Anyway, um, people are putting their stimulus checks more into the stock market now just because, hey, you know, take one stock. I might get rich overnight, you know. Right. Better than the lottery. Exactly. I mean, if you play your cards right and do a little YouTube research, I mean, kind of know exactly what you – that's not go free willy in there, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, and also it can be almost a lottery if you just say, hey, to the moon, let it ride, see what happens. But 
It's Iron interesting. Hands, paper hands. Yeah. You got to know. Uh, and it, it goes off the philosophy of Warren Buffett. And I think there's a lot of people who are doing investing who don't understand what they're doing. They're just riding the wave. Yeah. Because, you know, their friend told them whatever. But Warren Buffett said um, the idea of, uh, you know, putting all of your eggs in one basket is a good idea. He's like, yeah, put all your eggs in one basket and then watch the basket. And, you know, his company, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, was the one that uh, invested heavily in Apple just before they hit the 1T mark. And people were like, why are you doing this? Like 60% of your company's portfolio. And he he took a few million dollar uh, bath. And people were like, ah, this is stupid. And then Apple was like, yep, to the moon. He's like, yeah, you know, I think I made my money back. But he, he keeps up with a couple of things that he wants to watch for his stocks. Uh-huh. And he focuses on that value. And he becomes an SME on that subject matter expert. And he's like, hey, you know, this is why I feel like I'm not just investing in faith and hope. I'm investing in sound logic based on the trends I'm seeing in the industry. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, Which, if you if you watch the news as far as mergers and earnings and what companies are doing, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, if they have a big year or whatever, like you said, Apple, yeah, their stocks are obviously going to go up. Yep. So if you get in there, like we've been saying about, you know, get in there low and then sell it high, whammy. That's it. Dollar, dollar bills. Mm-hmm. So and now, yeah, I don't know how much Warren Buffett puts out his stocks, or if he even does that at all. And but yeah, if you do, if you do enough due diligence, yeah, I think it could work for any average Joe. Yeah. Well, it's you know, you think of the, the micro level. If uh, you're from an area and you understand, you know, what people in your area are looking for, like let's say lumber, even though it's still largely in the U.S., I think the price of lumber was up almost two hundred percent months ago but i think uh, it still is ain't it i didn't mean to cut you off there uh land houses people are buying stuff insane rates full full asking price it is a seller's market yeah it's people are paying over asking prices for these houses now my mom's currently looking at another house and or she's in the housing market i guess you should say and instantly when the house goes up for sale it's already got 12 offers on it yeah, what full and full price too. It's not like, oh, you know, maybe I think it's like, no. Nah. Yeah. It's like this is this is what I'm selling it for, and I got three people saying that they'll waive inspection fees and pay closing costs. Like, what are you bringing to me? And you know, it's uh, again for real estate investments. It, it's a terrible time to getting started in real estate investment. But if you invested two years ago, now is the time to start making that money back. Oh yeah. Like you said, sellers market starts selling that for over you know, getting more than what you paid for it and whammy. But, and you know, also, you know, I guess it's still supply and demand of lumber. I mean, the last time I went in Lowe's, like I forgot, I think OSB board was almost double the price of, you know, and it's a simple particle board. I was like, what the hell? No beer pong tables yeah. for, uh, for thirsty college students, man. Yeah. Like, uh, unless you unless you want to pay, but it's like, man, yeah. I'll just take the door off. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> off the hinges and do that. <laughs> Good enough. Oh. So keep it old school. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been good. How's, uh, things going on in your neck of the woods? I think the last year select your, Doing a little talking about uh, CrossFit and competing and uh, yeah, so um, next year. Well, I also qualified for the age group for this year, and that starts this week. So I qualified overall, and then I don't know if you know how CrossFit works, but they 
break it down into almost a master's division, which is the masters or the older gents and ladies. Right. And so I qualified for the 35. Senior to, delegates. <laughs> yeah, you go. The 35 to 39 um, bracket. And which that's going to start this week. And it's basically the same format as I just did a couple of weeks ago in the overall one. All right. And so you'll get five workouts again. I think it's starting Thursday or Friday. Do and you choose or they choose? They choose. Yeah. So I don't know the workouts until day of. And so, yeah, I, I'm debating whether to do it again just because it's another 50 duck, 50 ducks, 50 bucks just to register. And which I already paid the 50 last time. And I'm, I was telling one of my other friends that I work out with that I wish I would have paid the $50 this time and not last time just because I have a better shot overall to, in this bracket to get to the semifinals just because it's in my age group and I had a lot better finishing overall in this group. So, But, yeah, I did Gotta that. Consider it. Gonna, I'm probably going to do it just because, you know, I'm working out every day, so why not? I'm pretty sure I've spent $50 in worse ways besides just on right. myself investing in my fitness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So doing that, Radford just graduated this past weekend. Oh, shit. I'll, yeah, I guess that's about right. Yeah. So I think, you know, I, I can't remember if they had spring break this year or not. But, yeah. So Radford I think, always has spring break, baby. Well, I think they, they changed it this year because of the vid. So, right. So I think they canceled out spring. I can't. I think they canceled out spring break and just moved up graduation a week early. A real, real cause no, no. But uh, what about Quad Fest, man? There's no such thing anymore, man. Only unless you're like our age or roughly maybe a little, little younger. I've still heard of Quad Fest, but students now, non-existent, man. Yeah, the week of four twenty, <laughs> Quad Fest does not exist anymore. No one, no one. Has ever heard of it? It's gotten so locked down. Mm. Yeah, when when Penelope Kyle was there as president, she made sure that they got crushed. That there was going to be no more Quad Fest ever again. Well, they called the National Guard in mm-hmm. one of the years we were there, and I was like, "That's rude." Yep. No, they would call the National Guard in. She would call in extra PD from the surrounding counties and cities. So it was just it, it wasn't even worth it to even try to have a big party or anything. Right. Yeah. So it's instantly you open a beer. Here's a ticket. If yeah. you're outside, obviously you're doing something. I'm not, you know, saying, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it was kind of good to do it that way, but it also just kind of sucked because we had a lot. Of, we had you and I. We had a lot of fun during those days. <laughs> the whole crew. Yeah, the whole crew on Davis Street or whatever street we were living on that year when we were doing it. But, right. But yeah, it was like. I mean, you know, it does put a, I guess, a bad reflection on the university, but. For college students, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you got to let some steam off in a in a healthy way. But, yeah, you know, times, they are changing. There'll be parties, you know, somewhere else some other time. Yeah. I mean, you know, now when students, you know, they were partying and having big group togethers, you know, it was just because, obviously, social distancing, that's the reason they were shutting them down this year. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, David Radford would send out emails just saying, hey, we're aware of – you know, extra clicker activities going off on campus. Please refrain as much as you can from doing this, blah, blah, blah. So, Right. Which, you know, I guess you got to understand. They're just trying to do, like we were talking about earlier, people not knowing what to do. I and mean, this is the approach they, you know, Radford took to try to figure it out, you know. Because, you know, at one point, Radford was one of the hot spots <laughs> for COVID. Yeah. For, you know, a week there, I think it was, so. It's like, uh, guys, we need to figure this out. <laughs> yeah, we you know we got to stop this down. We don't want little Rafford City just to be a hot spot for COVID, like New York was and stuff. 
So. Seriously. But yeah, I mean, but things still going pretty well. Um, other than that, yeah, you know, made it through the school year. I think work wise, it might slow down a little bit, obviously, during the summer, but that's how right, it goes. Right. Yeah. And then it seems, you know, uh, you can actually order a drink at a bar now at Sharky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we went down there and got some food um, last Friday night, two Friday nights ago. Yeah. And, they, you know, our waitress said, hey, yeah, you can actually walk up to the bar and grab a drink if you want to now. I was like, what? <laughs> It's like the first time drinking again. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm 21. <laughs> I walk to the bar and get a drink. Damn. So yeah, that that was kind of actually just made me feel good that you know it seems like we we are as a whole coming back to a sense of normalcy in this country. But could get locked down right. again, just depending. But never know. But it seems like there is a light at the end of the tunnel that more people are getting vaccinated and things are starting to open up more and people feel safe again. So yeah. And we are a nation of feelings. doesn't matter if we're actually safe, if we feel safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, people are all right. Yes. But, uh, yeah, there's <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of states have been opening up. Uh, I think Tennessee started opening up. Uh, Texas has been open for a while. I've seen no significant spike in COVID. Was it like two months? And they're like, oh, if you, if you open it up, you'll see a spike. And, and Texas is like, we didn't see a spike, but <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, we're good. People ain't stupid here. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole thing that, you know, we were me and some friends were talking over breakfast one day that, oh, I got to wear my mask to walk through the restaurant. And then once I sit down, I can take it off because I'm safe in my bubble now, you know, and nothing it's, can get me here. You know, and it's like, I, you got to get back up and walk through there, put your mask on. Like, what? You know, and you know it's a minimizing of the yeah I guess oral spray because if you're breathing in the same area, the only people that are really kind of stirring that up are the wait staff. But again, like the wait staff are moving circulation in the air. Mm-hmm. The actual HVAC is circulating the air, and is it you know able to disperse the virus in a way? We think so. So, I mean, there's there's worse things than having to wear a mask and take a piss. I mean, I've definitely I, – I wear pants in a restaurant too, so it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> and if it helps people, you know, feel safer and more importantly, if it's actually for, you know, public safety, I can get down on it. But some of the, the nonsense stuff, like uh, uh, there's the picture of people who are six feet apart trying to go through the airport security then they get on the plane and they're all stacked up yeah yeah it's like what the hell is this just for show i mean yeah like what's it sometimes it is sometimes it really is for show to make people feel like oh you know i've i've done it i'm doing you know my due diligence Mm -hmm. well i mean i would only wear a mask just because i thought it felt others would feel better with me wearing a mask. I didn't want to wear the mask, but others felt better if I did. I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, and you, you get the I'll wear the mask. Eye, like yeah. you walking around with your dick out if you don't have Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, talking about it for show that I forgot, I was watching which football game I was watching, but, you know, coaches and stuff were had their face mask on, but then they'd take the camera back to the locker room. They nobody had their face mask on then, you know. Wow. They're just talking and blurting out shit and talking. It's like, what the hell? This is all for show. They're just saying, hey, yeah, we are doing this, yeah. but you're not. You're not. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. It's like we're doing it, but we're not. Because you know, it makes you feel better. It isn't, but I stay by wash your hands, wash your filthy hands, people. Wash them, wash them. <laughs> it's like uh, the worst worst joke I heard. It's a it's a filthy joke. It might get you the uh, the R rating on this show, but it's like it's uh, this trucker walked in. This was like you know back in the sixties. He walked into a place and it was a brothel that sold food. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it said cheese sandwiches one dollar hand jobs two dollars and this girl comes out and he says hey baby you the one that gives a hand job? She goes, yeah. He said, wash him hands for you. Give me that cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the idea of just, you know, staying and keeping clean from what you're touching. And people, I mean, we touch everything. Like we're, we're taught, even our society is not as much of a tactile group as other countries. Like you see Spain, you see China, you see any of these other countries in which like you know, the Middle Eastern countries where everything is very touch mm-hmm. uh, oriented. We're still fairly touchy and we, you know, we have access to clean water. There's no reason or excuse for us not to wash our hands. And if that's uh, the one thing we get out of this, uh, not the worst thing in the world. Did Fauci say that we'll never shake hands again. I can't remember if it was him or somebody else was saying that shaking hands with meeting people and stuff will be a thing of the past. We're just going to touch dicks. That's what it is now. Like <laughs> we'll just walk up, pull it, pull it out, give it a couple of times. Let our swords touch gently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Aggressively if there's an argument. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something he would say because um, he's he said some really good things that he said and some really bad things, and I won't go into that. But yeah. it's just like we'll never shake hands again. It's like, I think we will. But again, wash him hands before <laughs> you give me that cheese sandwich. Yeah. Do you still – I still have people coming up just pounding it, you know, give me knuckles or whatever you want to call it. But Right. Well, dude, I was, I was pounding back in 04. Yeah. I mean, that was just um, – that wasn't nothing, anything new. Just I thought it was like a cool different handshake, I guess. I yeah. Know. I think when the avian flu came out, uh, we called it the Obama bump. Because uh, hmm. you know he was president, and it's like yeah, the they, yeah. Bump. But uh, you know, was it like bows throwing out bows? Yeah, my boy was doing that when I was in college. You remember uh, my boy Wheat? Yep, yep. He was throwing out bows. I mean, there's there's different ways of signaling a greeting. You know, you're still coming in for a hug. It's like can't shake hands. Fine, we'll just hug. It's yeah. Like, it's like no, that's not how it's supposed to work. It's like shh. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, my, you know, like, like I said, I think there was a light at the end of this tunnel, and I don't know if things will ever be a complete normalcy again, but might be a little different. But yeah, yeah nor- normal will be different. Yeah, that's it. I did. You talk about getting your shot and stuff. I'm gonna. I plan on getting mine soon. But do you think it's going to be? I can't remember if we talked. You and I talked about this or not. But you have to have a vaccine to actually go to a concert or get on an airplane. Or, but I think some politicians said that was not going to be. The case, but other people are arguing that it probably will be. It'll, we'll probably see that as a requirement in the coming year or two because people are like, okay, there's a concert, but you need to show us proof of vaccination. Well, once, uh, once our um, overlords, both governmental and the ones behind the scenes, decide that we need to be scared of something else to continue buying toilet paper, it won't be an issue. Because it's right now, it's being used as a way of saying, "Hey, uh, do what you're told. You know, carry this piece of paper around, and uh, you know, you need to make sure that you step in line." But also, we've done this before in this country for years. You know, you want to go to elementary school, you get your MMR shot. I've never had measles, mumps, or rubella. Thank God, uh, I've not had polio. I've not had any of the Heps. Even going to Radford. um no hep no herp uh no meningitis you know 
the idea that people want us to take this shot because this particular one is the one that gives us 5G is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. That is, yeah. I, I read that too, and I was like, who is writing this? I mean, what the hell? And it it's like, if this... This is not the hill in which they're going to be handing people out a bunch of garbage via a needle just to see who's going to take it. It's like, yes, it's, it's serious. Get your vaccine. Move on. I think that, again, it's going to be in the, the interest of making people feel safe. It's not necessarily for their safety. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you've seen those vaccination cards, it's literally like a teacher's letter uh, coming home. It's like, dear... Or, no, the parents let her go to the teacher where it's like, Susie is allowed to go to class and participate in, uh, you know, gym today or whatever. Like, anybody can forge that shit. You look at it, it's not as if you couldn't print one out online and say, oh, look, I got a shot. So it doesn't mean anything from a perspective of, oh, yeah, we're going to cross-check this. I mean, I've, I've never at any point in time heard about people saying, oh, yeah, we're going to run this in the database to make sure that you actually have this. I know that they're keeping records of who's getting their shots because they do that with every single other shot. But, yeah, it's uh, it'll be for show for a couple of years until the, the next big thing comes out and people go, oh, no, what do we do? And we'll forget all about this row row. We'll still buy stuff from China. Well, true. And, you know, worst case, I mean – we got lucky with this pandemic because, you know, I think I've said on here before and other people have as well that coronavirus is bad, but we also found out that it's okay. It's kind of just a bad cold, really. Right. So hopefully we just prepared ourselves for uh, if another, if and when another pandemic comes and this is a deadlier virus and it's actually killing people instantly when they get it instead of just, oh, yeah, you can recover from it as long as you just take care of yourself. Like you said, wash your damn hands and be healthy. That's it. Yeah. And. Yeah, if there's another – if there was a faster-acting virus, I think we would actually been in better shape because this one was so lengthy, anywhere from 3 to 14 days, mm-hmm. that you were symptomatic and you were still able to spread it within that time window. It's just everybody was catching it. So we did the overflow of hospitals, and you know that was really what was messing people up because if you have five oxygen tanks and nine people need it, well, how do you figure that question out? And that's what medical staff have been doing. And I, I feel for them because it's really like who has the greatest need, not who has a need at all. And you know, you're trying to crunch the numbers and people are, you know, maybe having oxygen for an extra hour for one person uh, alleviated the strain on the heart or didn't alleviate the strain on the heart because somebody else needed it. And we still are in a much better circumstance than these other countries that don't have the medical infrastructure that don't have, you know, these medical supplies or hell have clean water. Mm-hmm. Again, we, we have no excuse not to wash our hands. Yeah. And there's, there's other places like, you know, you're having to go out there and it's like, I hear about my grandparents and my parents having to go and pump water and bring it to the house. And everybody kind of washes up in the same basin. Like that's how people are living. In these other countries and you know they're dying of complications because they're getting sick and they're sweating to the point that they're dying of dysentery it's like you joke about it when you talk about that oregon trail shit in the 80s but uh you know people are you know treating it uh a little lax here in this country but you know we do what we can 
we're we're spoiled Americans, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said that you know, you just no matter where you go, we have usually fresh water, and you can wash your hands anywhere. As long as it's not Flint, Michigan. There you yeah, go. We took care of that. Yeah, years ago. and then you know, back in whenever time you actually had, if you had to go take a shit or pee, you had to walk outside of your house to the, I don't know, I guess the other side of your yard just to do that. I mean, where yeah. the outhouse was. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you I don't know about you, but I never had to do that in my lifetime. And but I mean, I've done it, and you know, we've had outhouses around, you know, because I grew up in Podunk, nowhere, Virginia. But <laughs> I mean, again, you want to talk about affluence? Uh, when we use clean, potable water to get rid of our shit in a toilet, we're living pretty good. Yep. So yeah. wash your hands. Chris, <laughs> take your fans, wash your hands. Yep. Let's take it home on that one, man. Wash your damn hands, be healthy, and all that good stuff, right? Sir. Yeah, I know you got some work to do, so I'll let you get off here, put out some fires, do do whatever Big Big John Dub does when he gets in work mode. So Yellow people get yelled at, baby. There you go. That's, that's what it is, man. Well, again, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Uh, you know, we making this a nice little routine thing of you getting on here, sharing your thoughts about life and whatever else we got to talk about. So that's it. Yeah, next man. time uh, maybe uh, bring one of my boys on. I think uh, you'd like to meet him. Okay, we'll shit a bit. Okay, so for those uh, listening, little maybe future episode leak right there. So yeah, John and one of his boys, and we'll throw down again, man. So sounds like a plan. All right, again, I'll let you go, and thanks again, man. Likewise, right. father. Wash your hands, people. See ya. Watch him hang. <laughs> <laughs>